1: We're gonna be South Side, regardless. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like fancy
0: Island, with your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited; it's gonna be a good time. Go right side. So I just I got some info about our intro. Uh, since the last time we recorded, I called somebody up at 2400 Sports and and like their platforms, nobody was working. So I did find out that James Cameron did that did that intro, the same guy who did Avatar
1: can you believe <laughs> that so yeah, yeah, that's it why sense. you and i don't
0: get paid because they gave all the money okay. to james cameron to yeah make the intro
1: and then you know what else makes sense shane is that you know no wonder avatar is part two is taking so long to come out right he spent so he spent so much time on our intro yep. and it's taken him that long to do yeah it. he's
0: got no more resources he used everything on the 2400 sports white Sox podcast intro how Jeez. you doing
1: man how are you
0: I'm 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 in a better mood than I have been for the last seven months. Yeah, Chips because we don't have to turn on the White Sox anymore. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's incredible. It's something that you love so much, and something that I've gotten so much joy from my entire life can can also hurt you more than anything that has ever anything. hurt you, and literally anything, anything.
1: Dude, worse than a relationship
0: yeah. worse oh, than physical sure. pain worse than f- family drama worse yeah. than all of
1: it you want to know why shane because those things go away when you break up with a bad with a bad person they go away and then yeah. you get this is you're literally it's like it's like breaking up with somebody and getting back with them and then breaking up with them and getting back with them every april just every to like, single april and just to and endure the same exact thing it's like you know what you're gonna get you have high hopes We, we, we're more emotional. We, we have more tolerance for the Chicago white Sox than we do relationships. Now that says something right there. Like (laughs) we're willing to part ways with people, but a whole team, we're, we're, we're there. I have
0: let the white Sox beat the shit out of me for 29 of my 30 years. Yeah. They've given me one good year of this relationship. And like you said, every April, I welcome them back with open arms. I tell my family how how much they've changed. Yeah. I, I I tell my friends, hey, the, <laughs> all that stuff like where she would blow up at the bar and like, yeah. you know, start fights with people. She's not going to do that anymore. Gonna it's going to be totally different. Yeah. And then come June, I'm pulling her off of some girl's back because she just spitting her drink and yeah. she's pulling her hair. You know, yeah. But, but but you stay with her because you because you know why? Because I can
1: fix her. Yeah. And I, and I know how good it. I know how good it can be. I know how good yeah. it can be if everything's if everything's working at at a high level and everything's perfect. it could be good,
0: yeah. you remember that that one day seventeen years ago when we had a really good time? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. You remember that? Can, I remember that we can replicate that in this relationship, yeah, that's that's real love right there. Oh I mean, when you, when people ask what what is love? you really they really should use more sports analogies than anything else, you know, like all oh, the butterflies and no love is. Doing the same thing, or insan- love and insanity, the same thing. Doing o- something over and over again and expecting a different outcome, right? That's that's us right now.
0: Well, before we get the White Sox, you did a really cool thing this weekend, um, and you rode in the lead vehicle for the Scores uh, Chicago Marathon coverage, like it, with the elites, yeah, taking off right with the the best runners in the world. How cool was that? Because personally, I don't think they're impressive at all. I I,
1: <laughs> I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. I uh, I thought, you know, you always say yes at work, you do whatever they tell you, you know what I'm saying? If they want you to wake up at four in the morning, you just do it. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And I didn't, then I got in the car and I still didn't think anything of it. I was 13 miles in until something finally clicked in my brain. And that was that I had went from downtown Chicago to the way up north, Sheridan and again, I don't even know. Way up, Sheridan, Sheridan and Irving, right up, right at my corner. Yeah, little. For, I think it was even further than that. Was it? I think we went a little bit further north than that. Then we're, we're bending all the way back and we're passing through Pilsen. We'd like, we like we we're going from Pilsen to Chinatown. And then it hit me right around mile thirteen when I said to myself, "This pack of twenty men have." ran through the city and have been following closely to this car for an hour and some change now and they've been running i've been riding in a car they've been running and i'm like wait a second this is fucking impressive and then at mile 23 which you would you would think that the break from the pack would happen sooner then at mile 23 just a couple miles left and i'm wondering i'm like this is a tough race then all of a sudden you just see like three guys just separate and then we start driving faster and then one of them in particular it's almost as if, like, you think to yourself, how the fuck do you still have more energy? Like, to take it to another level. You didn't just, you're not just running at the same pace. You're running faster than you were for 23 miles. The guy ends up, the guy ends up just, like, smoking everybody. He's in stride. No no, no stride broken. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm all the way on 35th in Michigan. And I'm like, this motherfucker done ran so damn far and faster than anyone else. Like, people have dropped off and this guy's still running fast. Then it got better. Then I got to see a woman miss a world record by 16 seconds. Now she's probably bummed out me. I'm like, wait, you mean like in the whole world, like anyone that's ever ran a marathon ever, you missed it by 16 seconds. I was like, <laughs> like I'm laughing internally. Cause I'm like, this is insane. Then it gets even, then it, then it takes another level for me because afterwards I'm talking to some gentleman who had ran nine of them and he's, so impressed that I was in the lead car. I Like he's just like, "Oh my god, you're really, you, you got to see the best runner for the whole race." I only get to see him for a flash as they run by me. You got to see the whole thing. And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Yeah." You know, they win a million dollars. I said, I said, what?
0: They win a million
1: dollars? I said, I just read, I just watched the race where, where, wait, the guy in second saw a million dollars like go away from him, like as the guy wow. was running. I didn't know that.
0: I didn't know that either.
1: And so it took it to a whole new level, like, wow. Now, I was watching the best of the best. The, the woman that won, she crossed the finish line and threw up. I was right there, like literally four feet from her. And she crossed the finish line and was throwing up on the floor. It was insane. And then then I got to see the highlights later on in the day of, you know, just like the regular randos running it. And they're in like fucking tutus and yeah. they're taking selfies. And I'm like, no, this is, this is a party right now. This isn't what I watched. What I watched was... Some of the probably the best athletes in the world, you know, running a fucking marathon. They ran 26 miles in two hours. So, first of all, you think to yourself, two hours is an insane amount of time to be running straight through. And then you talk to the regular folk and they're happy with four hours. Double. These guys were running five minute miles in mile 23, 4, 5, or 6. Five, a five minute, we've been talking for seven minutes. They would have already ran, they would have mile already mile and a half dude like so so again i didn't know what i was getting myself into shane but then like I, as i've been removed from it and been talking to people it, it, I, i'm real like it, it starts to click of how cool it was a couple of other things because you're the first person that i've actually like, had a lengthy conversation about this like.
0: well you're telling me that nobody at the score on a bears monday put you on to recap the marathon
1: <laughs> yeah i know right you can't oh, i was especially after a bears loss but dude there was I counted 6 bands. Okay? 6 bands along the course. I don't mean bands like rubber bands. I mean like a fucking drummer, guitarist, and I don't mean part of like something bigger. I mean fucking randos in the middle of the block with a power supply that were like, "I'm just going to play music for you people while you're while you're running by." Yeah. 6 of them. I didn't even know that was a thing. At least I'd say at least 60 djs like dj setups microphone guys spinning like actual turntable djs 60 of them all throughout the course i couldn't believe it that's pretty cool
0: we did it in high school we brought like our drum line out there and and did it really early in the morning that was real cool uh but wow djs in full
1: full rock like six seven person bands wild sounding amazing lead singers like They thought they were on American Idol. It was crazy. But the other cool things is like when you're in, you know, when you're in old town and when you're passing through some of the neighborhoods, people are just, you know, you always drive by those houses and be like, who the fuck lives here? Well, you got to see each and every person that lived in these houses because they were sitting out front coffee, just chilling. It was like a bear's tailgate, but you also saw a ton of individuals just by themselves fucking hyped. By, I'm talking about nobody even 10 feet in, close to them. And they're like, "Whoa, that's fucking <laughs> so you're just like, it's, it's seven in the morning. You all by, you came here by yourself? Hundreds of people like that ac- along the route as well. So it was cool, man. It was cool seeing Chicago be lifted up in a way that I hadn't seen it. Because I've never experienced, like you went to with your drumline, I've never gone to the Chicago Marathon ever. Like I've never went on the airport. And to see it that way was, I told Mitch, I said this gotta be like top five experiences ever in Chicago, like games, for Canada. you for you personally or just for anyone to go? Well, I would I would recommend people going downstairs just to take in the atmosphere. Um, but go downtown, don't go along the route, go downtown, because that's where the people are, that's where the energy is. Um uh, but but for me personally, just being in the car, being on the radio, talking about something that people from all over the world are participating in, all the flags that were out there. It was just, I think it was because it was a, a surprise to me. Like, I didn't know that's what it was going to be. Yeah. And so for me to have seen it like that was like, oh, shit, like, I've been missing out all these years on, on, the, on the big party that Chicago has, you know, every October.
0: Do you think you could ever do it? Because I'd I assume it's just a mental game, right? As, no, as long as you. Deal. No, no, no,
1: absolutely not. No, dude, you, you want to start? It's <laughs> <laughs> a funny story. I was going to say, this. I started fucking cramping up in the truck. Because <laughs> your knees, you know, I'm tall, guy. I'm six feet, my knees are like scrunched up a little bit. And I'm telling the dude next to me, "Was like, bro, I got to stretch this leg out because it's starting to cramp up on me. And the people in the truck were like, are you, are you is it because you're watching them and it's hurting you? And I was like, I don't know. Like, And then I got out of the truck and I like, could barely walk. It looked like I ran, you know but no fucking way. Shane, you and I know this city very well, like the back of our hands. Yeah. And. To have driven through the city the way that I did along the course, I was defeated just seeing it. Like, yeah. no, I'm not running from, even if it was Irving and Sheridan, I'm not running from Irving and Sheridan to the United Center to then 35th and Michigan. No, no, no. I'm not even running from Pilsen to Chinatown. No, like, I'll take an Uber. Like, I'm no, like, no. And that's like a
0: mile and a half.
1: Dude, I was like, no way. I was like, I'm i not doing the long ass state street portion of it. I was like, no, yeah. I'm not running through here, man. you crazy. So no, no, no. My knees wouldn't. Do you think you could do something like that? Because my, no. my knees just wouldn't be able to, to withstand that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to run a marathon. I don't even run, run on the treadmill. Like my my cardio is the Peloton because like, yeah. I can sit.
1: Sit down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate it. And then the one pop-
0: thing I-, I can't fucking stand though, I will tell you this. Coming into work yesterday, and I know you're proud. You ran your marathon. Like you're, you're probably doing one extra day in Chicago with your family if you're coming from out of town. But seeing all these fucking weirdos still wearing their goddamn medal
1: yeah. walking
0: around the city yesterday. Take off the fucking medal.
1: It's a flex, man. Uh, it's a flex. It's That's not a, a few flex. flex.
0: No. That's a big flex. I, I hate those metal weirdos. Just take That's it off. True. It's not necessary my wife, anymore.
1: My wife goes, why didn't you grab me a medal? <laughs> She's like, why didn't you grab me a medal? That's still so valor. Yeah, it's like nah, going a hard pass on that one. But yeah, dude, the people, that, the other people that bother me, that the race runners are like two two people. One is the you know only one percent of the world has ever ran a marathon, oh. so I'm in the one percent. I'm like, shut up fuck yourself. You know only one percent of the world has fucked themselves too. You should probably go do that. Yeah. Uh, the other the other group of people, there's the there's the the, the people that say they're the one percent. The other ones is the the people that are like, I didn't even train for this. I fucking Why just, you not train for a 26 mile race. Dude, I know. I have a couple of friends that are just, they're not even athletic. They're just like fucking schmucks. And they're like, oh, but I like to run. And then they're like, I haven't even trained. And I just, I ran it, bro. It took me a little longer than normal. And I'm like, dude, it's ghost. So I do want to say more curse words, but it's like, dude, fuck you, Fuck you. Dude. It feels like a dick. I was like, I don't know. I hate you, bro. I can't, I'd have to train for like six I wouldn't even do it. But still, the fact that no. you did it without training says you're an a-hole so overall it was cool then i had to go straight to the to go do the bears on fox watch that that game and then uh do the post game and then have to be back up at one in the morning to go do three to five on the score so are you kidding a, me yeah it was fucking crazy 24 hours uh, do you prefer this than your schedule of b96 though i think that i understand where i'm at in the totem pole of sports radio and so it doesn't bother me I, I i did it at b96 so i have zero problem doing it at, at the score and i understand that there are a ton of people you're like people like you people like tanny that have been doing this shit for a very long time so i don't need no shortcuts give me all the work i'll take it like i'll fucking do all that shit. so to me i like this part of the grind right i feel like yeah it's the fun part you know but uh b96 is easy shane i mean i can say this now it's like yeah, it's like I can fucking just—I don't have to, you know. You you prep a little bit, but you know, I, I wake I wake up, I go to work, and I'm like, you know what? I saw I can make up any I can make up a story, you know. I saw two women on the street and they were fighting and they're arguing about a man and you know, what do you guys think about that? And yeah, you can do that kind of stuff. Sports, there's no, there's none of that.
0: Yeah, I, I wish the listener really understood what morning music radio is and like how many of those like. Date challenges
1: and yeah. waiting by the phone, and all oh, fake. I caught a cheater. They're all fucking paid actors. They're all fake. It's all They're fake. all paid actors. I, I hate breaking people's hearts like that. And good thing nobody listens to this podcast because I would hate. I like
0: love that. breaking people's hearts like that. One of my favorite things to do, <laughs> like, like back five, six years ago. Was to tell everyone how big of a dick eric ferguson was and how much he and eric he
1: and kathy hated each
0: other yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that was like, one of my favorite things my
1: favorite uh, story that i used to hear was that he would bring his side chick to the company parties yeah and i'd be like wait what and everybody just allegedly allegedly allegedly, allegedly. thank allegedly. you for clearing that up for me thank you for clearing that up uh, allegedly and then i'd be like everybody was just cool with him bringing randos and i'm like yeah the other one that i break people's hearts and I'm, they'll be like, I'm like, you know how you call up and you request a song, yeah. and I'm like, no, it's like so music program, fucking yeah. like three days in a row ahead yeah. of time. It's like, so I always have people with it. yeah, yeah, I got a lot of requests. I'll try to get that one on though. All right? Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, those are my two.
0: Uh, it's a good thing nobody listens to this because we would we, just
1: we, we're breaking radio rules right now. It's like we're we're, we're probably just like, we're breaking Tyler's heart. Yeah, he oh, does to it. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, sticky situations was fake? what?" I know it's like oh, more. You're COVID telling me opinion. Ed Lover's not in the studio? Yeah. Wait, he doesn't live in Chicago? What? I, my favorite one was we had Judge Millian from WCFU. Yeah. We had her on one time, and I had this really cool scenario where I wanted her to be the judge of it, and it was about a couple who had like purchased a dog, and they were trying to figure out how to, you know, part ways with them and stuff like that. And she gave her opinion, and you know, real tricky situation. And then I'm watching Judge Million like two months later. It's my fucking same story that I that I pitched her, and I'm like, no, yeah. like you know it's that shit's fake, but you just don't yeah. know for sure until someone yeah. actually that works there tells you. And I that that was my story, and I was like. Yeah, I just helped you fuckers press for a judge million show. This is crazy.
0: Oh man, those ones are a little bit harder for me to accept—the fact that those judge TV shows are fake. That's a little bit harder for me to accept than the radio ones. But yeah. eh.
1: Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right.
0: A little bit of White Sox, unfortunately. Um, so yesterday, Bob Nightingale of USA Today and of Odyssey Sports reported that the White Sox will in fact be parting ways with Jose Abreu. Now, I understand. I understand when you are backed into a corner because of an owner like Jerry Reinsdorf, who refuses to spend Necessary money, um, and I'm not talking. He he did let Rick spend. Rick did not allocate his funds properly. He spent too yeah. much on the bullpen. They spent too much on an extension for Larry Garcia. They spent too much on Josh Harrison. Um, they spent too much on Yasmani Grandal. Like obviously, the pro scouting isn't there. Um, but Rick Jerry Reinsdorf has never allowed for the above and beyond to get a nine-figure player in here, right? Yosemite Grandal is the biggest contract the White Sox have ever given out. So I understand that since you're in that situation, you probably can't bring back Jose Abreu because you have other positions that need to be filled um, and you need to find a way to get rid of some of your first base right field DH types for a little bit more positional versatility. That being said, when you are a team at both the pro level and the minor league level that's so rooted in like the Latino baseball culture. And you have all these guys, Nore Vera coming up, Oscar Colas coming up, Yolki Cespedes coming up, all these guys who need someone to look at. Jose Abreu is your man. Yeah. And I understand that Andrew Vaughn's got to play first base. He can't play the outfield and Elo Jimenez has to DH. He can't play the outfield. He can't play the infield. But you can't tell me that Jose Abreu, somebody over the course of his career has done nothing but give up leverage and contract negotiations, saying publicly multiple times that he doesn't want to be anywhere else. He wants to be a White Sox. Wants to be a White Sox. Then you know that he's not going to be insulted if you say, "Hey, I know you were just getting fifteen million, but how about we give you five, or we defer and give you five now and ten over the next ten years?" You can't tell me that that's not a possibility. I know that Bob Nightingale has got the in with Jerry. He's got the in with Kenny. But I am still not – I Jose Abreu will be a White Sox next year. He will do whatever he can to stay here.
1: Yeah. I think, you I think you know, I'm a solutions guy, not a problems guy. And what you just said right there, like that needs to be tweeted out, retweeted. Like get this guy money that's, that's deferred. They do that. That's a thing. That's not like something that's like far-fetched. Like that's a thing. The and- Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla. Right. 30 and, years later. And you're going to tell me Jose Abreu doesn't want to be in Cien uh, Fuegos, Cuba, and getting a million-dollar check when he's fucking 50 or 55? Of course he does. Like, 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 use that leverage. I think you're absolutely right. You know, I was on Sports Talk Live when it existed on NBC Sports, and every friggin' old white panelist was on there talking about how Jose Abreu needed to, you know, get, get out of the White Sox organization. Well, he brings no value, Brings no value. And I i never forget this. And I, I'm i the, the Puerto Rican kid on the panel. And I'm like, staying quiet. Then everybody hits the silence and then Cap comes to me. And I'm like, guys, I know you guys don't know this, but a lot of Latin players, they don't have fathers. And I'm like, and when you're looking at some of these guys that are away from their families for a very long time, they look for father figures. I was like, and Jose Obreu is that. And you can say what you want about the clubhouse and you don't think what he could do or whatever. I was like, but the guy can hit. And the guy's the elder statesman of, of Cuba. And they all look up to him and what he's doing. And I was like, so there's value there. You just you're, you're trying to, you know, put some metric on there. And, and, and when it comes to that, you can't experience it. And so what you said about Vera and Cola's coming up and attracting other players, right? When you gotta like look at look um look at Elvis Andrews. You don't think that he looked at that team and said, that's a bunch of fucking Latinos there. I feel good playing with those guys. Yeah, let me go there. And what happened? It worked in your in your favor. And so I wholeheartedly agree with you Shane, find a way to make it happen. You know, if Jose Abreu got to chain himself up to the locker room <laughs> before he goes or whatever, but I, I I truly hope that that statement is real because it will be heartbreaking, not only as a Sox fan, but as someone who really likes Jose Abreu as a person to think of him going to another team and being unhappy. Like, I don't want that for my guy. I don't want him to go to the Phillies and fucking hate you know, having to live out there and experiencing something new, like, no, dude, you're, you're a guy, man. Stay here.
0: The 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 one thing he's probably going to have to be okay with, though, is Jose Abreu has been a pillar of consistency, playing somewhere between 140 and 160 games every year, right? Unreal. He's probably going to have to be okay with maybe playing 60 to 70 games just because of the position the White Sox have put themselves in and, and having all these guys that need to DH often and, you know, we've talked a lot about Yasmani Grandal in this podcast, and Jerry doesn't really pay guys to go away. What he did to Dallas Keiko was kind of unprecedented in, in his situation. So I, I don't know if Yasmani Grandal is going to be booted. So that's another guy that's going to need DHF bats. Um, so Abreu, if he wants to stick around, number one he's going to have to take a lot less money up front if they're even in the in the business of wanting to offer it to him, and number two he's going to have to understand that he's going to play probably half or less. Yeah the amount of games that, that, that he's used to playing well, Shane, and that's you true. and
1: I have seen like you say we've seen Jose Abreu come through so often for the Chicago White Sox team yeah if you imagine a situation where there's man on second let's just say and you need a pinch hitter and you got you get you get to go to your bench and grab Jose Abreu yeah you
0: exactly.
1: know he's coming through yeah he's coming through because he's not trying to hit a homer he's gonna he's gonna do what he's supposed to nice little base hit little blooper little line shot and it's so like that that would be a great luxury I mean I don't think any Sox fan wants to see Jose Abreu leave. No. That kind of exit with
0: the White Sox. I want to see Jose Abreu leave on his own terms. And yeah. the White Sox have not, even if they were going to let him go, the conversation needed to happen privately and then have him be the one to say, at least publicly, hey, it was my decision. Yes. This This is my Give him, afford him that right to go out from the White Sox on his own terms, not leaking shit to Bob Nightingale. No, that's, that's, it's, it's it's similar to to the final game of the season where Jose Abreu did tell the media that, you know, I told Miguel Cairo and Rick Hahn that I didn't want to play in the last game. I told them that. So if you know that ahead of time, then make sure the fans know that because there's a good a damn good chance that he's not coming back in 2023. And those people in the in the stands on that Tuesday night, the second to last game that he is playing in, the, the four or five fucking thousand that were there deserve to say goodbye to Jose Abreu. Yeah. So you know ahead of time that he's not playing in the last game. Make sure the fans know that he's not playing in the last game.
1: You want to know, you know, you know it's funny, man. You know, we talk about this organization and you know the pain that we endure, and it's like simple fucking things, right? Like, you look at the St. Louis Cardinals. I hate bringing them up along with the Twins, right? Like, you're talking about classy organizations. When they let fucking Molina, Pujols, and... uh, Adam Wainwright. And Wainwright walk off the field together. Like, yes! Playoff game, yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. That's what you do. You do that. You take care of your guys. You understand that your organization is is, is bigger than baseball. Like, that's how you got to treat it. Your organization, who your players are, your fan base, you guys are in your own fucking world. And it's not about, you know, your own bottom line or your own selfish, you know, desires, right? It's like, no, dude, there's other people that care about this team other than you. And so, like, that would have been the way to do something like that. Because you're right. How disrespectful. You just let fucking Jose over. You walk away. No goodbye. No nothing. Thank you. You're going to put, you know what you're going to do? You're going to put up a fucking Instagram post. And they're going to say, thank you for your time. No, no. Yeah. Like, no, that's like, that's like. That's like hitting somebody up on their birthday and putting it on Facebook. That's your real friend. Like your real friend. Like your your real homie. Like if it's somebody that you don't care about, you do that. If you really like somebody, you call them up. You say, what's up? You hang out with them. Like that's what you want to do with Jose O'Brien. So I I got really upset right there. Yeah, it's
0: it's, it's disrespectful. And they're handling it with complete incompetence. They're handling it
1: the way White Sox handle things.
0: It's an incompetent organization. It is. It's an incompetent organization.
1: The funny thing is, Cause like you know Rick Khan cares, you know Kenny Williams cares. Like these guys actually care. Yeah. But the, the, their their approach and, and like the way they handle it is just wrong. And you would think like because I the reason I even said that is because the solution in my head was like if you were I were running the team like we would make sure shit like that happened. Right. You're an executive producer. You got a mind. Anything. You you think of things that way. And I do too. I have a big heart. I I would never let. I would never just be like nope. This is business and this is how it's handled. Yeah, with everybody else, but not Jose fucking Abreu. Like that's just wrong. It's wrong on a a ton of different levels and and again, close the incompetency of of the Chicago white Sox. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th.
0: Do you wanna tell people the big news? Uh, players with more talent is a new manager. So I'm going to give you four names and I want you to rank them from least likely to most likely. Okay. So number one, first name I'm going to give you is uh, the, the leading candidate right now is Bruce Boshi. Who's been out of the game for a couple of years, but had a phenomenal run in San Francisco, great baseball, man, great baseball manager, great person, Bruce Bochy. Second name I'm going to give you is Carlos Beltran, who was the only name publicly mentioned in the Astros cheating scandal. The only name actually accused. Mm -hmm. He did get a managerial job with the New York Mets, held it for one day. Then that report came out and they fired him. That's name number two. Name number three, again, a connection to the Houston Astros organization. Going back to Rick Hahn's interest in AJ Hinch uh, is the bench coach over there and Joe Espada. Rumor is that he would like to stick around because Dusty Baker doesn't have a lot of time left, and Joe Espada just kind of takes wants to take over that job, but he would be a great name. That's name number three. And then we'll go with a three people on the last spot being the guys that are connected to the organization in Willie Harris, A.J. Presinsky, and Ozzy Guillen. Let's give them equal odds, even though they're not sure. totally equal. But, saying, but those three guys in the organization connections. Go
1: ahead and rank least I'm likely to most likely. I'm gonna say a spot on the bottom okay. I think that I think he's just, he's a smart outlook on a future job with Dusty Baker leaving who, by the way, I mean, well, he was supposed to be a stopgap, right? He was supposed to be the guy that just weathered the storm for them. And he's been doing a phenomenal job because he's, he's a really good coach. Um, So a spot up for, I would say Bochi third. Um, I don't want another old dude that has been out of the game, come back and try to fix the team. Uh, I will put, the trio of Willie, Ozzy, and AJ in that two spot because I could see it. Um, and I love how Ozzy's, you know, what he's done. I actually saw him last week, Thursday. Uh, we were at an event together with, with his sons and we were all talking about that. And uh, he wants it so bad. Huh? He wants it so bad. Oh, so bad. Yeah. So bad. So bad. So I won't go into details about the conversation, but, but I did talk to him. So uh, there's that. And then, but I'll say Carlos Beltran. That's my number one guy right now. Puerto Rican do uh, understands it been through it. Like, we know him well as White Sox fans, you know, his body of work. And, you know, so he he covers the Latino thing. But he covers the experiential thing. He's a highly sought after guy. And yeah, he, you know, he cheated or whatever, everybody, you know, whatever, but from, what, you know, like I said, you're looking at baseball, everybody's doing some sort of something. They just don't do it as bastardly as they did in that moment. But uh, so he'd be mine. Who, who's yours? What, what, how do you rank those four guys? So
0: we're, we're a little bit off. I have the organizational guys at number four because I don't think the names are strong enough. I love Ozzie, but I don't think that Rick is going to bring in someone that doesn't have any managerial experience yet. And Willie Harris just doesn't have enough. And AJ has none, even though they love him, the organization. I wouldn't look past Willie Harris or AJ joining a coaching staff. Okay. Um, I don't know if Willie Harris would accept that because he's going to be on a lot of people's uh, big boards for, for next manager. But I'm going to put them at number four. At number three, I'll put Espada, just because I don't think he wants to leave there yet, and he wants to take over Dusty Baker's job. At number two, I'll put Bochi just because of the Jerry factor and the fact that they know each other well, and he's a baseball man, and the one thing that Rick said in his end-of-the-year presser, was that they're going to be looking for someone with experience winning championships? And Bruce Bochy has exactly that. But I just think Carlos Beltran fits. Yeah, I, I think he fits as a baseball guy. I think he fits as the a guy that these young Latin players of the White Sox would be very, very comfortable with. I just, I have, I have an integrity issue. I uh, sure. he doubled down on that cheating shit, man. And I know that, I know that the majority of teams are doing something to try to gain an inside edge. But what the Astros were doing was diabolical. What they did to steal from other teams was straight up fucked up. And Carlos Beltran doubled down and said, nah, man, no, we didn't. That's no, it's absolutely not. So there's a little bit of an integrity issue there. I would like to think that the wake up call of getting his first managerial job with the Mets, then having, having it taken out from under him, might might have fixed things a little bit. But I think if you want the best baseball man on this list, and I know we don't have a, a, a background and, and, and experiences to, to judge off of like, hey, what, last time Carlos Beltran was in Situation X as manager of Team Y, this is what he did, so this is what you can expect. We don't have that. But right. I think what I talked about with you a couple of weeks ago In not wanting Ozzy, but wanting the guy who can be here for the next 15, 16, 17 years, Uh, the next Joe Torrey, the next Bruce
1: Bochy, I
0: think that's Carlos Beltran.
1: That's a great point. Young enough guy, speak the language, but his his, his baseball IQ is unmatched, right? I mean, any of those guys you're going to put up there, Carlos Beltran has that very same thing. Because you're you're not talking about some regular player. You're talking about a guy who was playing at a high level for a very long time and who understands the game yeah. just like yeah. anyone else. Well, I'm glad we agree on that, though. That's what's yeah. happening. i we That's the first time we've really, really – I know. I was, <laughs> I was shocked that you had with Carlos with it. But I liked it. I was like, okay. Yeah. I guess that means he's going to be the next coach of the Sox. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what it means. Shane and I agree on it
0: there. All right. So, for, uh, for myself, Shane Reardon, at Shane underscore Reardon on Twitter, Shane's meet on Instagram, and Gabe Ramirez at Chicago underscore Gabe on both platforms. This is the South Southsiders 670 podcast. We'll be with you once a week. Until opening day 2023, breaking down all of the news and the White Sox have a lot of things to address within this organization, both on the field and off. So I'm sure once a week we will have at least one headline for you. If you like what you're listening to, and I don't know why you wouldn't, tell a friend, uh, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff because it's the only way apparently we can make any money. Gabe, any closing thoughts?
1: No, man. None at all. Get your shit together, White Sox. Let's win yep. some let's win some let's get to the playoffs next year at least. Okay.
0: Talk to everybody later. Tyler, later. our producer, thank you very much for your help. We'll talk to everyone later.